Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up, the revival meetings that occurred at Asbury University in Kentucky, which have spread to other college campuses, have captivated the hearts and minds of Christian believers and received coverage in secular publications. Joe Hancock of His Vessel Ministries, based in Montgomery, Alabama, spent some time at Asbury and offers comments about what she observed. Then, Jonathan Seidel speaks from experience about the relationship between mental illness and the Christian faith and how biblical principles and power can be used in helping a person address his or her struggles. He provides insight into some of those principles coming up. And on this edition of The Intersection... Brent McCorkle was one of the directors in a film that goes inside the Jesus movement in California during the late 60s and early 70s and explores how God used flawed people to accomplish his purposes. He provides some depth into the storyline and implications of the movie ahead. Finally, Joelle Mom of Summit Leaders joined me recently to discuss how God leads us through trials in order to recognize his hand at work in us and how he gives us a greater sense of his call upon our lives. You'll be hearing from that conversation ahead. This is the intersection of production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Well, there has certainly been a fascination among those in the Christian community about the events which began at Asbury University in Kentucky in early February and spread to other college campuses in which students met for lengthy periods of time to seek the Lord and surrender to Jesus. Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries based in Montgomery, Alabama, visited the Asbury Revival Meetings and offered comments on what she saw and the significance of what occurred. Here now from that Meeting House conversation is Joe Hancock. To me, the most profound thing when I walked in and when I left was that altar. See, I believe, we see this all through the Bible, Bob, that revival You can't jump over the altar Hmm. and have revival. It comes through repentance. It comes through brokenness to be revived, to turn back to God with your whole heart, everything about you. God's waiting for a surrender from many Christians. Surrender. That happened in my life. I was a Christian, but I wasn't surrendered. I gave God this part of my life, but this part over here now, God, don't mess with it. I've got it all figured out because I had wanted some of the world and some of, some of God. And God said, no, I want your life. And it wasn't until I surrendered and it was through repentance mm. that God on the altar took me there and rising up then god be he, he just he just began to walk me into my purpose in life and everybody's looking for a purpose are they not and this age group wants to know they have purpose hmm. this age group wants to know what do i do for my career how do i make a living it's a critical point in life for this age group and i i you know i, I believe this asbury revival that has spread around our nation is saving our young adults 20 years of their life Mm. because so many people wander around about 20 years and then they figure out this isn't satisfying. (laughs) This isn't what I'm supposed to do. God tell me what I'm supposed to do and is saving them. Yeah. 
those years of wandering in the wilderness, as we see the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, if they'd have just gone that 11 day journey, they yep. could have saved themselves 40 years. Mm. And the, so this age group is critical. So many, I, I saw so many reasons why it was focused on this age group. And, and it was, it was incredible to me, but being, but I, I want to join this. I don't want to do all the talking, but I do want to say this. The other thing that I saw, which is where, you know, my heart has been for quite some time, is that as these young people would respond to the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit moving as the word was sang and the word was preached and the word was spoken out and testimonies were given, they would give testimonies. And they would give testimonies of what God did in their life. And they were very succinctly done gave God all the glory, but many of their hurts went back to the home. Hmm. And yes, maybe God, you know, maybe it was a Christian family and they went to church, but their home was broken and not necessarily from divorce, but broken because God was not the center of that home yet they would go to church. And so they started looking for relationships, true relationships in the wrong places. And they would give testimony how they just got off in things that they were seeking to satisfy what was lacking in their younger years. And I will tell you that spoke volumes to me. Mm -hmm. It spoke volumes because again, you know, an emphasis that we've had at His Vessel Ministry for the last two years is praying that God would restore the family altar and restore the altar at the church. Mm. And we've been asking God, God, would you restore the family altar where the spiritual leaders in the home will lead their home, lead their family, whatever the dynamics of the home is, there would be someone that would open the Word of God each day read the word of God, pray together with the family and, and other to, Bible study, whatever that looks like, restore the family altar. And that is what I witnessed that this age group is crying out for a home that is not broken from the will of God. Joe Hancock here on The Intersection. You can learn more about the ministry by going to hisvessel.org. Next up on this edition of The Intersection, it's Jonathan Seidel. He is someone who speaks from experience about the relationship between mental illness and the Christian faith and how biblical principles and power can be used in helping a person address his or her struggles. He's written a book entitled Finding Rest, Navigating the Valleys of Anxiety, Faith, and Life. Now there is a new companion resource available entitled Finding Rest, An Invitation to Go Deeper. Here now from a recent conversation is John Seidel. How do you reconcile the the way that God says that we are and the way that uh, that we are supposed to act and think with what you also see taking place with respect to some of this, as you might say, mental health stuff that you're also confronting? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking that. You know, and, and so there's three things. 
the first is I look to the book of Job. The second is I look to the Apostle Paul. And the third is I look to Jesus, right? He said, you know, uh, <laughs> in this world we'll have trouble, right? Mm. And I think as Christians, sometimes we forget that, right? We think that, you know, if our message to the world is, when you become a Christian, you will never struggle. That, that, that's just not true, right? It's not hopeful, right? The message of Jesus in our troubles is that we will have them, but he is there to help us through them, right? And so mm. that's when you back up and you look at the Apostle Paul, right? He talks about the thorn in his flesh. And whether that was, you know, a, a spiritual thorn or a physical thorn, it's, it's all just the same, right? That that Paul, the great titan of the faith, there's a Mount Rushmore of faith, right? Yeah, I mean, his is in the Thomas Jefferson spot there. And, um, and, and this is a man who said, Pim, to keep me from being conceited, right? So I got a thorn in my flesh. And so I think where we have to go is to what I call a proper theology of suffering that Paul teaches us, that as Christians, we will have trouble. And so what do we do with that, right? We, um, we like Paul, have to accept that, man, the Lord will allow us to go through hardships to refine us and to redefine us. In Paul's case, it sounds like, you know, Paul may have been the most prideful person in the world, right? And he said, but to keep me from being conceited. So it's looking at our struggles as, as what is God using this for? And it's not that he's causing it, Bob. You know, it's, it, it's not like he's doling out a little um, anxiety here, a little depression here, because, you know, you... Uh, you got a little too angry at your kids, right? No, he, he, he is, as a sovereign God, allows us to go through difficulty. And what we need to do is get to a place where we uh, don't define God by our circumstances, but define our circumstances by who we know God is. And that's what I'm really trying to walk people through in a more in-depth way in this workbook is to say, hey, I, I, you know, I've talked about that in the book. Now let, let's, let's dig in, right? I'm going to ask you some tough questions. I'm, I'm going to give you some ideas, some quote-unquote assignments to do to really work through that. And so I think as Christians, too many times we've kind of, we've kind of uh, erred into this uh, type of prosperity gospel teaching that says, uh, I can get God to do whatever I want, right? I, mm. I treat him like a vending machine. If I just pray enough, if I have enough faith, if I repent of maybe some sins I don't really know I committed, and, and that's really not the message of the gospel. It's not that message of, of a proper theology of suffering, which, by the way, that, that, that really, that proper theology of suffering, that applies to people who are going through tough marriages, who have wayward children, who have lost their job, right? And so um, it, it's not just for mental health, but it has really helped me in my mental health. Mm. John Seidel here on The Intersection. You can find out more by visiting the website findrestnow.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. And you can learn more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House program. You can also find links to the Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can view video content with Meeting House guests, including recently added content from the Winter 2023 Christian Product Expo in Columbus, by clicking on the link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel from the Meeting House homepage. Also through the page, you'll find links to two blogs, 
One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter at Access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can reach that homepage through the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast. Well, recently on the Meeting House program, I featured a conversation with Brent McCorkle, co-director, along with John Irwin of the movie Jesus Revolution. In the course of our conversation, he discussed different aspects of the film's story and shared a director's perspective on communicating it. Here now from that conversation is Brent McCorkle. For these kids to stop and say, we, we need to seek God. This is act, We're paying a lot of money for college, but this is actually more important than our college classes. Um, we need to have a return back to uh, a spiritually centered life. And for them to be making time for this to happen and stop the world, so to speak, um, to spend time with God and try to get some of this stuff sorted. I think it's good. I think it's the same reason why so many kids ran away from home in 1968. They, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> people, they were they were looking at their parents and their materialism and the plastic keeping up with the Joneses and, and just, you know, working for, for money, for possessions, for material. And they're like, yeah, we don't want this. This isn't right. This isn't what we're meant to be. This is not the purpose of us being here. So once again, these kids, you know, set out on this journey to actually find what it is. And so I think the revivals of today are uh, a resurgence of that. I, I think in, in our cancel culture and our social media and all these things, they're not they're not taking us somewhere where we want to go. And, and mm. we're trying all these different things and they're not working. So I think Again, we, we have, we're living in a very similar time, and it makes sense to me that people are hungry and searching for spiritual things, just like they were in 1969. And so I think it's good. I think this is a, I think it's a good time uh, to be alive. I think I think there's a lot of hope and love right around the corner, and I think everybody's feeling like our society really needs to return to that and return to more of a spiritually centered um, way of way of being. And so. So, yeah, it's encouraging to see these things happening for sure. Well, you're listening to Meeting House here on Faith Radio. Brent McCorkle from Jesus Revolution, co-director of that film in theaters this weekend. And let's let's stay on this track because this is very interesting. As we look at the dynamics, you've got three main individuals that are depicted in this film. One of those is Pastor Greg Laurie. You can hear him on Faith Radio on a regular basis, a new beginning weekday afternoons at 2 here on Faith Radio. And he's one of these young people that was searching for answers in his life. And he encountered a couple of gentlemen, Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith was a pastor of a church that was, well, if I can say it like this, it was a church that was dying. <laughs> and Lonnie Frisbee shows up one day and says that you need to go after, well, if I can use a, a, a nice 60s, 70s term, the, the hippies, the young people, those that were searching for answers. And, you know, Chuck Smith could have rejected what Lonnie had to say, 
but instead he embraced it. And the rest, as you say, is history. And so when you when you think about the dynamics, what was so compelling about this, you know, Lonnie Frisbee character? He was of that hippie culture and he comes in and is challenging Chuck Smith to to go out and reach reach the young people, perhaps people he had not thought of before. How did the, how did that all that work and how did you want to portray that in the film? Man, I love your question. It's so rich and complex, but it brings up all these emotions. I, I remember mm. um, I remember thinking as a kid, be careful what you say out loud. I think your words have power. But Chuck, Chuck really said to his family, he said, if God brings me a hippie, I'm going to ask him what this is about. I don't know any hippies. He had written them off and um, and didn't want anything to do with them. Um, and but he said that out of his mouth, you know, <laughs> a couple of weeks later, his daughter brings a, a hippie home, you know, to his home and they meet and they actually speak. And, and, you know, Chuck got, got what he, you know, said out loud at least. Um, but he, his church was, was dying. It was uh, definitely in decline. And I think he was in a really desperate place. And I really feel like God was dealing with his heart, you know, like is God's love for everybody or just some people is God's love for people that go to the inside the four church walls or, 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 or is God's love for everyone. And um, when that light turned on in his heart and he realized he needed to open up his doors, you know, beautiful things started happening. Brent McCorkle here on The Intersection. You can find out more about the film by going to JesusRevolution.movie. Well, finally, on this edition of The Intersection, excerpts from a recent Meeting House conversation with Summit Leaders founder Joel Mom. He is the author of the book, Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. He talks about how God leads us through trials in order to recognize His hand at work in us and how He gives us a greater sense of His call upon our lives. From that recent conversation, this is Joel Mom. I think the first thing you've got to ask is, first of all, uh, do I feel like I'm doing what God asked me to do? The last thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people tell me, like, I just haven't heard from God in a long time. And I remember telling that to my dad when I was in my junior year of college. I'm like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And my dad said, well, what was the last thing you felt God told you to do? And I said, I felt like you told me to finish college. He's like, well, have you done that? I was like, well, no, I'm a junior. He's like, well, finish that, and then you'll get better directions. And I realized so many times in life we're looking for directions, but he's already given us directions, and we just need to stay the course. So if you're mm -hmm. not hearing anything from God, I would encourage you stay the course with the last thing he told you. Um, and I would also say this, just because it's hard and just because it's painful, it doesn't mean God's not in it. Uh, in fact, one of the things I talk in the book about this idea that there's a weird thing Paul says where he says, we rejoice in our suffering, for we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Now, that would be a ridiculous statement <laughs> to say you rejoice in suffering. Like, what kind of psycho rejoices in their <laughs> suffering? Uh, that's not generally that's healthy, except that you begin to realize that it's it's, it's biblical. For whatever reason, God has chosen suffering to build strength within us. That's what it says. Suffering produces endurance and character produces hope. And there's another verse where Paul says, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, which is beyond all comparison. 
so as you look at it, you know, there's a verse in Acts that says, through much suffering, we enter the kingdom of God. And I wish it said, through many Krispy Kreme donuts, we enter the kingdom. <laughs> but it says, through much suffering. And, and as much as I would like it to not be that way, for, for whatever reason, God has chosen to use suffering. I mean, you look at it. He didn't even spare his own son suffering. And there's a weird verse that says he learned, Jesus himself learned obedience through what he suffered. So we don't get out without suffering, but there is, there's meaning and purpose behind it if we'll keep our vision lifted, our perspective lifted. And that, that was my goal with the book is helping people say, look, I don't know what God's doing right now, but mm. I'm going to keep my perspective lifted, keep my eyes on him and trust that if I'm doing the best I knew and the best I felt like he told me to do, he's leading me somewhere in the middle of all this chaos. And there are obviously those times that will occur in our lives where we recognize that we do actually miss God. And, and of course, obviously, you've got those areas of, of outright sinful behavior that maybe you've walked through, or, or maybe you're just in a place and you you know, you wake up one morning and just have that sense, well, this is not where God has placed me. And I hope this isn't getting off track too much. But for for those times where, you know, we've we've messed up, we've missed the mark, we've gotten into a place that's really maybe we sense that it's apart from God. How do you see that as perhaps an, an opportunity still to to learn? Maybe there's a course correction. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been there myself. Uh, so one of my mentors, he was not known for his uh, gentleness, and he used to tell me this, <laughs> Joel, God has already accounted for your stupidity in his plan. <laughs> and I would be like, well, that's a relief, because I did some pretty dumb stuff back there. So the cool thing about it, man, we really can make our lives hard and miserable. Yep. You know, I, one of the things I talk about is you got to stop unnecessary suffering. And you stop unnecessary suffering by trusting the wisdom God lays out in the Bible. All the stuff he asks of us has a meaning and a purpose for our good. But you also want to find meaning in necessary suffering. So even if you're—you you're, may be listening right now, you've just hit rock bottom, and you're like, how did, I, how did I get to this place? Here's the really cool thing about our God. When you have all power like he does, nothing is beyond his ability to redeem it. Nothing, mm. nothing, nothing. If you'll surrender your life to him and just say, put, put your life in your hand, give it up to him and say, look, here's the mess of this thing. Uh, he can even take those dumbest, worst mistakes of ours and turn them around for something that brings him glory and brings meaning and purpose to our life. So I say to people all the time, don't waste your bad decisions. <laughs> don't, don't like turn them over to the Lord and say, all right, Lord, I really made some dumb things. I learned some things. I'm still learning some things. I want to trust you to use these for your purposes. And you can even surrender your mistakes to him and watch him turn those things around. Again, there's always consequences for decisions, yep. but he can do amazing things with even our ignorance, even our stupidity, even the dumb things we've done. He's just that powerful. Joel Mom here on The Intersection. You can find him online at joel, J-O-E-L, mom, M-A-L-M, dot com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the Meeting House link in the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House radio program. 
You can also find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple Podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests through the Faith Radio YouTube channel. There is a link provided through the homepage. There are also links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.